0: and American generals choose their own, ensuring diversity of thought never interferes with American warmongering. How can we stand by and do nothing while our military kills and destroys lives the world over, while telling Americans that all this death and destruction protects them from terrorists when nothing could be more false?
1: Fortress on a Hill aims to change that. You good
0: people. Okay so the the subject for today is uh veteran suicides and active duty suicides as well pretty much anybody who has served in the in the global war on terror era if we want to call it that um we're going to read through the report that the watson cost of war institute at brown university did recently and try to unpack this a little bit. Um, I'm planning to read the whole thing. We may skip a little bit here or there. If it becomes, if it's somewhat of the same information, but you know, going through each page, I was like, all of this needs to be talked about and shared with people. So here we are to, to share it and to, to try to extend that conversation a little bit. Um, before I do that though, I would like to introduce my, uh, my co-streamer for this evening, my, my, my good buddy. Um, he uh he is going by little boots. So that will be his uh his moniker for the for talking here, and I hope that he'll join us again at uh, other points. But brother, thank you for uh being here with me. Oh, you're
1: welcome. Thanks for having me. Hello, everybody. Let's go. All righty.
0: So Okay, here we go. High suicide rates among United States service members and veterans of the post-9-11 wars. Um, Thomas Suit from Boston University uh, wrote this one. I do plan on trying to get in touch with him and asking him a few questions. Suicide rates among the United States public have been increasing for the past 20 years, but among active military personnel and veterans of the post-9-11 wars, the suicide rate is even higher, outpacing average Americans. The quote-unquote post-9-11 wars refers to ongoing U.S.-led military operations around the world that grew out of President George W. Bush's global war on terror and the U.S. invasion of Afghanistan in 2001. This paper estimates that 30,177 Active duty personnel and veterans of the post 9 11 wars have died by suicide, significantly more than the 7,057 members killed in post 9 11 war operations. So I, I, I think we all should just sit with that for just a second that we, you know, the, the tally of, of dead in terms of the actual people that fought in the wars or died of, of accidents while they were fighting overseas. Um, and it's also important that this, the, uh, to remember that this report doesn't include contractors, that American contractors have, have died, a significant portion of them have died. I don't have the specific numbers right now, but it's important to understand that they're, they're probably in those same communities. Most of those contractors are from the military in one way or another, usually. Um, but we don't usually count them. We don't count their deaths at, in the same way that we count service members' deaths. And I think, uh, I think it's important that we do that. Go on. These high suicide rates are caused by multiple factors, some inherent to fighting in a war and others unique to America's war on terror framework. Uh, partially, they are due to the risks common to fighting any war, high exposure to trauma, stress, military culture and training, continued access to guns, and the difficulty of reintegrating into civilian life. In the post-9/11 era, the rise of improvised explosive devices, IEDs, the attendant rise in traumatic brain injuries, TBI, the war's protracted length, advances in medical treatment that keeps service members in the military longer, and the American public's disinterest, in the post 9-11 wars have greatly contributed to increased suicide rates.
1: And how about the the casus belli for those wars completely falling apart? There's a while where you could be in the army or a veteran and still pretend like we weren't being lied, like there was Mm -hmm. some justification to that, but there's not. No. you know, if people have a hard time with aliens, they might have a hard time facing accepting that they were that deeply misled. Have we ever known so overtly uh us um army folk or military folk in a illegal war? <laughs> have we ever known so obviously that it was didn't have a leg to stand on within within a decade i don't think like when did it become impossible to believe
0: in invading iraq what like that, that it was a good thing yeah well, it's because we
1: the, haven't dealt with that as a country. There, no there's a serious problem with swearing an oath to be serving serving your country, not serving your country, and what have what has one involved themselves in over in there th- over there thinking that somehow the end's justify the means, Anywho. I think that's missing from this. This little list that we're, we're faced with with a divided country and impossible. It's it's hard to imagine that we're serving our country up to the Barbie version of the veteran and. Well, I guess some people can live in that for, for a long time, but it's not real. No, Anywho.
0: No, I, I think that, that, that this, this little section doesn't really draw that out too much a little bit later in the report. They do talk more about the, the political and social costs in that way. And, and and it, and it, it must be pointed i think of little
1: out, girls little, oh sorry Go on I, sh- I mustn't
0: interrupt us sorry um that we as americans we have this we have this veil and when you're a veteran the the veil changes a bit but it's not not that different but what happens is if you drop out of that area if you drop away from Maybe a community or a group that is is more um, accepting of the damage, you know, just that we have to fight these wars. We fight them over there, so we don't have to fight them over here. That kind of bullshit. And and at a certain point, it becomes something that you you swear to, almost as if people are swearing to Jesus or a, a, another religious figure. And there, there's mm-hmm. so much news these days that pokes in that veil. You know, that it, and, and you see it a little bit in some of the of the Fox News crowd, you know, how how um, how easy it is for their perception to say, you know, and, and they and we keep saying things are, are anti-American or un-American. That's been, you know, one of the new things is what people, a lot of people said about Trump. But Trump is as, as grotesque as he is. He's inherently American. He fits right into the mold of the people that were we're talking about here, um, uh, but these days it's too hard. It's too hard to hide. I think, or I think it's becoming I think
1: harder. People's, to hide. people's loyalty has been manipulated into kind of their hate for the other side. Mm-hmm. Kind of this addiction to hypocrisy that um, is eroding the Constitution, one miscarriage of justice at a time. I was gonna say I would I think of the the little girl community um, I understand that their suicide rate has been alarmingly on the increase and they they're also pressured to be something perhaps they can't. You mm-hmm. know, the culture says a woman is this thing. A culture says a veteran is this thing. And, oh, by the way, you're kind of expected to shoot a place up or off yourself. Um, we're not expected to be a danger to tyranny. No. Which is we are. And I think we're a target of tyranny. Next. <laughs> <laughs> Next paragraph, I guess.
0: Alrighty. Um, Army Sergeant Dominic McDaniel was a forward observer in the infantry division for seven years. Wow, that was, sentence was was messed up. As in a the infantry division,
1: yeah, a in civilian the, wrote this. Huh? We
0: we have the army has one infantry division in Erits so on. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: let's not be snobs about it. Okay. <laughs> okay.
0: As a, uh, as a sister or a FISTER, an acronym, the FISTER, his job was to, quote, remain ca- as calm as possible and drop accurate bombs on enemy target locations, end quote, using his expertise in land navigation and logistics to ensure the safety of his fellow infantrymen. While technically in a support role, he often found himself deep in the combat zone on foot with light infantry looking for enemy combatants. In 2005, he advanced to squad leader in Sadr City, Iraq, with a group of young soldiers now in his care. In a quote-unquote extremely bloody time, McDaniel felt it was his job to keep them safe. When members of his squad, including the youngest member of his battalion, were wounded in combat, he felt immeasurable guilt. McDaniel recalled, quote, a couple guys got hurt. And essentially, I prayed, and I asked God for help. And at the end of that, I felt that no one was coming, and it was up to us. And it was a very alone, isolating feeling for sure. And I don't know if that went away after that. Yeah, that's when apathy starts, yeah. Yeah. An IED explosion left McDaniel with physical and mental wounds that eventually forced him to resign. After a pre-deployment assessment flagged him unfit for combat with a combined traumatic brain injury and PTSD diagnosis. The Army told him to put in his disability claim and just like that, his military career ended. McDaniel's transition back to civilian life was a terrible time. Quote, I isolated. I felt guilty because my guys got hurt and I was in charge. It was my fault. They started committing suicide when we got home pretty quick. Yeah. Medically discharged, the loss of his brothers in arms and his overwhelming guilt led to alcohol abuse, divorce, and a feeling of cascading betrayal. At his lowest, Sergeant McDaniel fortunately found useful resources for depression and suicidal ideation. Unfortunately, many of those in his battalion could not continue to cope with their traumas. He revealed that while his unit lost nine people in Iraq, 15 have taken their own lives since leaving the service. Now more people from my unit have committed suicide than died in combat, he said. I feel that because of that, it made me reflect on what we went through, where we were at, how our role in the war has caused some of the extreme chaos in the minds of fellow soldiers, it really kind of strips your humanity and soul away. War does.
1: Well, and what were we psychologically prepared for? And -hmm. and then what what did we actually deal with? I I think we lost our hearts and minds there in the process of Living through the bullshit. I mean, fa- facing facing grave, important things. Death <laughs> uh, for nothing. I felt rather out. I mean, outnumbered in in the time after I was uh, in college and whatnot, it, it was maybe I don't want to say Kafkaesque. It was it was hard to be a, among military people who were still believing the bullshit. I was a cadet for a time in college, and there. I don't want to be disruptive to anyone's ability to function um, in the army. So I, I, I still I still don't want to talk to, like my sister-in-law say, I don't want to disrupt her ability to serve sure. in this, if she's still able to. Uh, she is, and she is. It is its own little worlds kind kind of like academia or the the medical the hospital world of doctors and nurses um, you can do good things there anyhow excuse me
0: <laughs> no it's all good uh um going back to something we talked about a little bit before we started streaming about the the COVID factor that covid there's there's been a a pretty sizable increase in suicides both over the trump years and since covid has been a thing and the military you know it makes you it makes you go and go and go and go and then suddenly you stop you know for different reasons if you you have to go and leave if you get if you're out of the military and being being injured and happened to be in a um uh what, the, what i'm not sure what uh warrior transition unit is that what they call them now if guys uh um they they end up getting sent there and they try to some before they get out i guess um but it, it it can be very very isolating you know the military keeps you busy it always keeps you doing things so going into a period of have, being forced to quarantine to do less, you know, and, and for some people, it could be a good time for them to spend some time with their family. But I would imagine for many of them, especially the combat veterans, that it is a, you know, a a somewhat of the quiet before the storm, because the quiet period allows those things to shift forward in our psyche that we were pushing to the back out of, you know, a survival instinct or, or trying to get home from the deployment, you know, whatever it happens to be dehumanizing the enemy is a thing
1: it's you know it's it's a necessary thing or like like doctors might tell jokes about horrific things to deal with the fact that it's necessary for them to be exposed to life and death Um, if if you need to kill a person you're gonna have to dehumanize them but was it worth it? Is it real? Can you dehumanize them? Yeah. Um, does it stand the test of time? And I, I think that we, at this point, we can't pretend that it does. You know, with, with all the like the slang words used in Vietnam and whatnot and the racism, there, there's a function for othering the enemy. But no, and, and, what if we're the monsters
0: <laughs> but but it's you know f- some people may be simple enough that that you know it's switching that off maybe is is easier for them or easier to deny um but they do yeah. they 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 train soldiers to to fire to pull the trigger yeah. when they're supposed to yeah and, and and we're, we're given no tr- no training on the way out to deal with that. You know, you're sent to ACAP, which is Army career type stuff. They teach you how to make a resume. But in terms of I'm leaving this very tight-knit community that I did very specific things with, and I'm not going to have the same support that I did before, and I'm supposed to just keep going. I'm supposed to get a job. I'm supposed to... Um, move, move into places, you know, where that might, you know, like being a cop, how many veterans become cops and how often is, is their humanity poked at in question in in that way? But if you're already used to pulling the trigger, they've actually proven it uh, statistically speaking that cops that are veterans have an easier time using deadlier force. And And they they can go back into a world of, of us versus the other,
1: you know, Um, absolutely. Yeah. There, there's there's room for that. And, and we need that of cops in a way to hold them. You know, there's a lot of problems, obviously. But a best-case scenario cop isn't... I don't want to see or be treated by him as a human or be vulnerable as a human Um. Yeah, there's there's room room for good and bad there. But it's a, it's a place for a veteran to go and maintain that kind of mindset. Mm-hmm. Maybe not ever really deal with it. I feel like until our country really deals with how it is we really ended up over there people veterans are just going to be left on their own to slap band-aids on it to maintain that
0: world definitely um there's a there's a foot a footer note here that I'd like to share at the outset i wish to note this article fo- focuses at length on the ways service members and veterans face hardship and mental illness that may lead to suicide. The veterans emphasized here represent an alarming and significant portion, but non-majority of service members and veterans. I do not wish to reinforce stereotypes of veterans that mark them as, um, I can never remember how to say it, prima, prima, uh, prima, prima facie, um, broken or dangerous people. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I agree with that. I'm glad that they they mention it so that it's clear. Um, you know that they're the yeah. swinging swinging wildly to the left or right in terms of if someone is, you know, if, are are all veterans broken, um, and, and if and someone that, is
1: lost, might they might they conform to the projection, not knowing where else to put themselves? Yeah, it's
0: a good point. I'm glad that they. And 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 the thing, that. the thing that I would mention here is that. This, is, this is, is trying to poke at, um, um, hold on, let me get my thought together here. We don't want people to assume all veterans are broken, but how do we accurately measure the damage done to a veteran if we're not analyzing it in that way? You know, I mean, people and people need to be willing to ask the question and not have the obvious answer. You know, I meet someone. He's a veteran. Oh, he served in Iraq. I wonder about this. But don't assume that, you know, don't don't assume because because you you don't really know what their service, you know, may have been. Um, Yeah, some people some people deal with it easier. Some people have have better mental health when they join or their family is, is more supportive and they're able to, to deal with it. Some people are deeply religious and their religious belief helps deal with, with some of that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, and I, I don't want people to look at veterans as if they are broken, but I do want them to understand we're willingly doing this to fellow human beings, our children, no less. And I say that right. like, like an 18 year old who's who raises their right hand is is still a child and they're not but they are in a lot of ways you know like like oh, men yeah. our, our brains don't fully develop until 25 and yeah. so it leaves us you know that, that we're, we're still learning all of those things and more than that we're learning about ourselves we're, we're learning about what happens to me when i get really really angry do i scream at people do i grind my teeth Do I you know you know we're going through these motions and it's those reps that end up teaching us about who we are. But if you go in right at 18, yeah. how do you have the chance to develop any of that absent of the military? You're going to latch on to whatever the military has done. Right. Because it's what you know, because it's what, it's what's kept you together. And um, it's,
1: it's why it's so important that our country not misuse these. Cause I think, it's hard to compete with the reaction time of mm-hmm. that age, and other other armies we're up against. We're gonna be a, up against. Well, the kids, yeah, kids fight, and it better be worth it. I was a kid. I was nineteen years old. Um, I think it's, I think it's probably more natural. When it comes to the the evolution of our brain we should have all experienced death by the time we are 18. Um, Not in the way we modern man lives but in the evolution of our of our species Mm -hmm. I think that trauma and and that kind of loss is that there's a critical period in, in the development that we're skipping and, and we live in this artificial glorification of violence and whatnot and the, the propaganda war movies and not quite prepared to deal with real, not on TV, real hardship. I, but I do think it's totally within an 18, 19-year-old, 20-year-old's uh, capacity. I think it's a, it's a good usage to have them in the military, but they certainly can't consent um, like an adult. They can't.
0: They can't but we still need them.
1: The it's why it needs to be important, worth it
0: and, and that brings up another question is, is can, can the, the controllers of the military, can the people that, that drive its use do anything about that? You know, is, is that, I don't see our country ever being at a point where I'm going to trust the leadership with our military. I'm going to say you're doing the absolute right thing. Now, if I see 10, 15, 20 years of them going to help with humanitarian disasters and dealing with climate change, and a whole bunch of our guys end up coming home, I might feel just a scotch different. But right now, there's no one who wears the moniker of being connected or in charge of the military, most especially the president, that I would trust to make those calls, to take those innocent lives that right. could have gone in a different direction away from violence, away from war. I don't trust that they're going to do that. You know, th- that. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can't.
1: It's it's like kind of not possible right now. So it, it's, it's, it's a different mentality, I'd say, to join the military right now. Like, what are you consenting to based uh, as opposed to 20 years ago when we're joining? We've got this understanding that we're being fed and it's tied to Uh, a national tragedy. And it's the same year as, you know, I I remember my Pearl Harbor moment. It's when Pearl Harbor came out earlier in 2001. (laughs) We were being programmed. Uh, Band of Brothers comes out. We're being prepared to to do the necessary, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't necessary.
0: No, no and 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 that's one thing about about studying world war ii that's really important is that there was a point in in that conflict where our country did go in the right direction for what we needed it to do you know there was a fight that needed to be had exactly how we did that is is a different question but the the fact that you know that like the early Nazi party was, was supported by financial contributions from wealthy Americans, lots of wealthy yeah. Americans back in the day. So in terms of America causing this, yes, we, we really got our foot in the fucking fire right there.
1: Well, um, we were going to come out on the winning side uh, and, absolutely. and, and emerge the hegemon and remain there. That's, that's what we got out of world war two.
0: No, that, that was absolutely what our, what our, our goal was exiting, exiting the war. But, the, the point i'm trying to drive after is that there there is a segment of uh, that of of the understanding about fighting wars who which is explainable which has which is makes sense i get what well, we have to do it but absent that absent you put in almost all the other wars when has our country responsibly chosen to sacrifice our kids that we send into the military and i and i don't i don't other than other than That sliver of World War II, which still has its own, you know, addendums to it, um, there isn't one. We can't look at, you know, you look at almost any other conflict, and it was simply about American hegemony, not – it wasn't a self-defensive act. It it Right. But I'd imagine
1: at least the propaganda held up a little longer. Maybe it took a few decades for a service member to notice that, oh, that was, you know, yellow journalism – That was obviously bullshit but in this new age of information going immediately um, our our propaganda machines our misinformation machines haven't aren't doing the job because i'm not buying it and that's going to cite whether whether what someone believes (laughs) or not is true well I, i it helps if it doesn't fall apart i think yeah. if it's if it's sustainable um i it might be a little unrealistic to hope for an actual just war but can oh, it at God. least can we at least believe it um i mean, I mean we're not programmed to be the bad guys program to be the, place, no, the good no. guys. It seems to me. <laughs> okay. Shall we continue?
0: Sure, sure, sure. Okay. Um,
1: and did start- I see someone make made a comment, a
0: Deborah oh, yeah. flash up? No, it was uh right, right here. I'll, I'll throw it up again. Um, from uh, Deborah. Uh, not only are the human costs unspeakable, the opportunity cost is enormous. We lost the opportunity to do good rather than evil. Yeah. Absolutely, Deborah. I, I couldn't. Yeah. Could
1: and with and we thought we were the good guys.
0: We did. We did. We absolutely did. And, and that's something that we're going to have to stomach as climate change gets worse because there's going to be times that yeah. we're like, our military should be dealing with, with coastlines that are eroding, not. Like China planting a bunch of trees and and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, no, that we're we're not we're that that we've been it using
1: it offensively,
0: survival. Um, yeah, but I, I, but I, I, I feel like our, our military,
1: in a way, has been under attack from within, um, in its misusages, in its abuses. Um, it's it's taken a toll on the population.
0: Absolutely, it has. All right, um, Army Sergeant McDaniel now works for a nonprofit helping other veterans who have experienced severe trauma in peer-to-peer settings. He spends his time counseling veterans who, as he once did, struggle with personal crises and feelings of hopelessness. His experiences are not rare. Sergeant McDaniel's experiences represent just one story of trauma, suicidal thoughts, and a now persistent feature of military life, losing service members, to suicide. I'm going to stop right there. Suicide has always been a possible and very real reality for veterans of any war in any, in any place in the world. It's not, we, we some of the news stuff and the way that the way that this report is, is coining it, you know, that that there, you know, there was a suicide epidemic in Vietnam. There certainly was one following world war II, but because for so long, Proper statistics weren't kept, and suicide was something that was shameful and pushed to the edges. Not saying that it still isn't today, but I think it's a little bit less so. That we 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 can't pretend that this is a new phenomenon. You know, there may be there certainly are factors in the war on terror that are unique to the war on terror. Um, but I, and, I, I and can't, a,
1: can a civilian population that's been economically squeezed as hard as it has these last 20 years cherish its veterans or or treat it like a burden treat them like burdens yep. will the veteran understand themselves as a burden with pe- things are so tight and yeah. have gotten worse and worse any
0: Something, something I want to study and, and go back and look at is I want to look at different periods post major wars, you know, post the reconstruction after the Civil War, the 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 period immediately following World War II. And I want to study what people said about suicide during that time as it pertained to veterans. Um, because I, th- I think yeah. that there's, there's a whole complex of statistics that are just waiting there to be found. Assuming we have stuff that would helpful um getting um norman camp's book from from lee about that about about uh mental health treating mental health in vietnam and
1: how about, about suicide um culturally in and say other countries too how are they doing with it that are, have participated in right. in wars uh, you know japan might have a different look culturally it might be not True. so taboo for, for them to sure. be, and the but you, what are what are ideas of what life is about uh, is all mixed up into that, yeah. And if it's being a worker for, you know, enslaving and then complaining all day, or competing about who's got it worse, yeah. Uh, why do what? Yeah. How, how have other countries been affected? How, how are their suicide rates? I'd be interested to know. Well, Australia has been involved in our
0: wars. Are uh, they. Uh, I know that, that Australia, UK, um, and these are countries sent a lot of forces to Iraq and Afghanistan. They, mm-hmm. Um, I want to say the UK were even higher than ours per capita in terms of the amount that they, they lost. Um, and that's really? not something like that suicide we usually. Wise? Um, I don't, I don't recall uh, anything about suicides and in Institute report. Um, it was about, about the, right. the, um, the human costs to our, our other, our ostensible allies in fighting in Iraq in fighting in Afghanistan in fighting in uh in Syria, Yemen, elsewhere. Um, so, but but it's something we don't usually include. You know, when we talk about American, you know, veteran suicides, it's usually just Americans. We don't take the time to understand that this was a war that our country spearheaded, and we brought our allies with us, and they sacrificed. Yeah a commensurate amount of personnel to our own it, it, and and but we that needs to be included. yeah and
1: they experience violence they they might not feel as responsible as a country as us true. true um maybe they could be more realistic the whole time maybe you could join the military looking for a place to be the bad guy yeah <laughs> i don't know and if if they're committing suicide as well it's probably not by firearm.
0: True, because yeah, they they don't have the same cultural attachment to to gun ownership that we do, especially among veterans. Um, so I, I would be I would be really interested to to know that. I, I'm sure there's probably some people I could I could look up. That yeah, might, that's, that's that's worth figuring
1: out. out. Yeah, that yeah, that's definitely a f- factorable. Yeah, scientifically.
0: Um, Let's see, where was that? Okay. Um, in a recent survey of 1,705 veteran members of Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans of America, 67% of veterans knew a post-9-11 veteran who had committed suicide, and 62% knew um, who had attempted, and 62% who, excuse me, who, who, uh, 67 for attempted suicide, and 62 for committed suicide. And, mm. and that was something actually uh, we were talking about before the stream began that I, um, I know two two veterans that I surfed with personally who uh, have killed themselves, and I believe you said um, four or four guys that you know. I stopped counting at four. I, I don't want to. Um... I d- I don't blame you there at all, dude. Um, and and but that's it's going to be a a a feature of that you know moving forward. Um, you know, when, when units try to do reunions, you know, when it gets a little further down the road, granted, there are some places that already do it. Um, you know, the, the MP Corps regiment at Fort Leonard Wood has an annual convention and their guys show up and I wonder how much this comes up. I wonder how much they, they, you know, do they, do they honor the people that have taken their lives? Um, is it more of a, a cobweb that they don't want people to, to see, Um, I'm sure there's probably some intergenerational issues because a lot of the guys that I'm thinking of are, um, Vietnam veterans. My, Uh,
1: my tendency is to think of the, the suicides as people that would have otherwise maybe slammed a door in the moment, but I guess there's all different types of suicide. It's not only in a moment of passion. Sometimes it's a planned out, um, hopeless procedure true and you you, you, i guess one must believe that it's a way out to to go that way well it's
0: it's I, i think that that's one of the things that people that we're not we're not willing to discuss as as up front in that way is that a person choosing to kill themselves to me it's about pain we're looking for pain relief you know To whatever situation it is and they tell themselves i have tried this and i've tried this and i've tried this and this is my last resort but it's a very normal human instinct we want the pain to end and they arrive at a point where they they don't see it ending and they choose to do what they do and you know sometimes sometimes people give somewhat obvious signs other times it's completely out of left field Um, and sometimes people also, you know, you don't, you, you don't, sometimes you don't end up dealing with it until years later. Sometimes you get out of the service, you get a new job, you work 15 years, and then you're going through, let's say a divorce, something really hard, really personal, and maybe it starts bringing a whole bunch of stuff back. And again, it was 17 years ago, but that doesn't mean that you're not right there and experiencing the pain of that moment. And I feel like sometimes when people think someone's suicidal, there's this tendency to talk down to them, and that you know it'll be okay. You just got to let this pass. You know it can't yeah. hurt enough that you want to hurt yourself. And it's like those those statements. Right. No one those statements help. one. Yeah,
1: you got to go down there with
0: them. You do. You do. You have, to, you have to be willing to go down that rabbit hole and, um, and face some dark stuff. But when, yeah. And the um,
1: it, it, I think it, philosophy it, could help people a lot with existentialism and what it is to exist. I think culturally we've
0: got a lot of work to do in producing a healthy population. This trend is deeply alarming. The increasing rates of suicide, veterans, and active duty personnel are outpacing those of the general population, marking a significant. Shift Again, I don't know how significant because we don't have numbers on all the other ones, but we'll table that for a moment. Historically, suicide rates among active component service members have been lower than suicide rates among civilians. Elizabeth P. Van Winkle, the U.S. Department of Defense's Executive Director of Force Resiliency – let's come back to resiliency in a second – explained, quote, suicide rates for active component and reserve members were – comparable to U.S. population rates after accounting for age and sex. The DOD reiterates that point in its annual suicide reports. However, the current rate has increased to meet the age-adjusted civilian suicide rate and has now surpassed it. That the current rate is commensurate with the civilian rate after historically being far lower on race concerns. Meanwhile, suicide rates among post 11 war veterans surpass civilian rates. The growing crisis is especially pressing because veterans of post-9-11 conflicts are disproportionately dying by suicide compared to previous military service areas uh, – era, excuse me. Again, I, I – you know, I, I, I get – that's what the data says right now. I don't think that that's accurate. I don't think that that's a that's a, a fair description of what, what is actually – what, what the, the overall data would actually show if other – U.S. Conflict. If we have some charts, charts
1: to look at, or something, we might be able to wonder about. Well, we might see some spikes.
0: Yeah, that's a good. it's good. Over point. the years, some like actual raw data. Yeah, uh, rather yeah. than words. I'll have to when we when we get done today. I'll have to check out uh, Doctor Camp's book. There might be some stuff, some more specific stuff in there about suicides. Um. There are clear contributors to suicidal ideation like high exposure to trauma, mental, physical, moral, and sexual, stress and burnout, the influence of the military's hegemonic masculine culture, continued access to guns, and the difficulty of reintegrating into civilian life. In addition to these factors, it is imperative that we consider the impact of the military's reliance on guiding principles which overburden individual service members with moral responsibility or blameworthiness for actions or consequences over which they have little control. There's something else okay. that is a, is very key and very different. You know, I don't know about different about America compared to other countries, but we, we put a lot of moral responsibility on our people and then for service members, right. it's not much more.
1: Yes. And, we can't measure up if if our service is abused,
0: mm-hmm. um, and that and that's something to to discuss in terms of the way that our military does. You know, it it's it, it's you know completes sexual missions. Is that yeah. when 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 a when a unit loses someone to suicide, they don't go back and look at the unit and say the 66 military police company lost this person. And they're saying that as an action is that the 140 people that are a member of this members of this company, let this other person die. Now I'm not, I'm not saying they should put that on on them specifically, but they need to understand is that it's supposed to be cohesive. We're supposed to hold each other together. And when blame is shared out, it's doled out to certain individuals, the most blameworthy as opposed mm-hmm. to understanding that there's smaller amounts of blame a little bit further back. And, you know, we, we don't, you know, like military, like, like, I mean, uh, like the military justice system that we find our scapegoat or scapegoats. They are tried, investigated, what have you. And it the, the matter is, is said to be ended. It's done. It's not, you know, we're not going to look back anymore, but there's a lot of other responsibility that needs to be acknowledged. And that, um, has to do with us individualizing a person's moral responsibility over a collective sense of moral responsibility that all of us, that everybody has to toe the line in that way. Now, I don't know exactly what that would look like, but we know we're Americans. We are highly individualized people. And so, and, and I, especially like the moral responsibility thing, you know, we're a Christian nation. That's how we see right and wrong in a lot of ways is singular on the one person or on a very small group.
1: So for a soldier to, or a a service person to deal with troubles they're having, say with their deployment, Mm -hmm. psychological issues Or moral issue. Well, morally, you you can go to your chaplain, and he can guide you through. Psychologically, though, I I feel like our psychological service members are their function. They're there to to just get the service member back to the front or or to their unit, not so much deal with what's wrong. Like that's not as important as the mission of, of getting this person back to the front. That was What's uh, what's a psychologist's moral responsibility to dealing with these service members? Or 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 a chaplain. Mm-hmm. Without lying.
0: That was something that uh that Dr. Camp also talked about in his book is that he saw, he saw therapists and shrinks choose to tow the company line. You know, to to well, sail. they're
1: set up. They're set up for failure
0: a little bit. If in some ways they really are, yes, that they're that they're, they're they want them to okay get this guy back to the front. It's okay. It's not a big deal. We just we we have to meet mission. That's the thing. It's what it all. What we're all supposed to be doing is we're supposed to meet mission. Be ready to roll out that gate when, when the time comes. Um, and they, and they, I, I don't know if it's, they just don't acknowledge what they're actually doing that potentially sending guys back that should not be there, that they could be a danger to themselves, to others. And especially in terms of the empathy gap, you know, is that they're just not caring. Like this human person has been entrusted to you, even if it's only for a little 10 minute exam, and then you send them back to the horror they just came from. Why the fuck did they come talk to you at all? What was, you know, other than a cover yeah. your ass. And, and we yeah. know so many things in the military are like that, you know, like the, the post deployment screenings that we all go through. How easy is it for somebody to just lie through the whole thing? And yep, you're cleared. You're ready for the next deployment. No problem. You're ready to go. Um, it's, it's, uh, but but it is it's very much it's very much part of the system, and like you said, it it really is in the military. Doing psychological work, you're almost always set up for failure. You're, you're, you know, well, it's, it's truly about wait, it deals it deals
1: with morality and and existence. And if if we're if we're swearing an oath to defend our constitution, and and we're understanding ourselves to be the the good guys. What good does that, just swearing the oath of the Constitution and being built up as thinking we're the good? What good does that do us when we're confronted with the reality of it? it I, I feel like it'd be better to just program people to do evil if we're going to do evil out there, and then we'll get evil people doing that evil work, and we'll. But to get good people to do evil, it's it's going to take a toll. Mm-hmm. Or even to, we might be lied to and think that pretending to believe the lie is the right thing to do, you know? Yeah, did I derail us there?
0: No, no, not at all, no. I, 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 so much about the military is about believing the lie. You know, I, I here's yeah. my new team lead, leader, Sergeant Snuffy, and he's yeah. supposed to take care of me. You know, he's supposed yeah. to make sure that I I'm, I have the equipment I need and and that I if I have yeah. personal issues going on, which everybody in the military does, that I yeah. get help for them. And and that's the thing is that is that out of I, I remember I told somebody long, long time ago, is like out of out of every 10 army leaders, I would probably honestly trust one. You know, mm-hmm. that's officers, NCOs, all of them. And and part of it is just because they're so In indebted to the system. They're so attached to it that you very seldom see any moments of, of, of humanity towards their soldiers because they just don't have it to give. It's they've been part of an organization that said, no, humanity is, it's not, it's not useful for us. It's not, (laughs) humanity is not lethality. You know, it, it it doesn't, doesn't neatly fit into that box.
1: Right. Uh, and and say an infantry soldier or or someone that doesn't care so much about the right and wrongness of it. I don't I don't know where to go with this.
0: Uh, we can we can keep reading and then we'll we'll circle back to it if we get uh, if we have have some other other thoughts about it.
1: Well, being exposed to the state the actual state of our country or to turn the news on i feel would be really disruptive to serving honorably and being completely like i feel like one could still serve honorably honorably in the in the military if they completely cut off everything outside of that world and were focused mm-hmm. on their unit they could they could be have a fulfilling life Mm-hmm. Tending to their unit, nothing. I I've got buddies who they don't give a shit about the politics or any anything, nope. anything outside of, um, <laughs> women and working out.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, it just doesn't come across to them. It's like invisible on the radar. It just doesn't. It doesn't show up. So
1: right, but you know, making someone to feel like a good guy and then not using them as the good guy, it's going to unnecessarily burden
0: us. Oh, absolutely. We got to be doing
1: something good or the, the lies have got to be really good, like way, way beyond us.
0: Well, it's, it's not just the, just the quality of the lies. It's the fact that they're quantified over so many people. You know, that was the thing with Trump is that he, I remember, I can't remember where it came from, but it was like, you know, the more, the more that you repeat a lie, the easier it is for people to believe. And, and you know, in the military, we have groupthink. And so, you know, okay, everybody else is just going along with it. I'm going to just go along with it. Um,
1: and I, I view that as psychological warfare, actually, because in a lot of ways of then. the effect. Yeah. Um, and it's not
0: appropriate to point, at, point it at our own population. No, it, it, and, and, the, and and the group think, you know. Of course, it doesn't just extend to the military. You know, veterans bring that out again. Um, they're a big, you know, big part of extending that of of the of the shame and and anxiety of of all of that stuff.
1: Yeah, I wonder how morale is. I, I wonder about morale over over these years. What it's I'm like sure, right? To, like. With the I'm internet sure. and everything, and such a divided yeah. population,
0: yeah, I, I could imagine it being really, really difficult right now. It, it well, however, all, however bad it
1: is, we could still kick any country's ass. I think if we were invaded,
0: actually yeah, needed. I, no, for actual so, defense, yeah, but but we 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 go so much more beyond that. Yes. yes. All right. Let's uh, let's keep going here. Um, If the above factors are likely true of wars, we must also examine unique elements of the U.S. post-9-11 wars that may have led to what many have called a suicide epidemic. For example, since the post-9-11 wars began, we have seen a tremendous rise of improvised explosive devices, IEDs, in warfare, significantly increasing the number of traumatic brain injuries and polytrauma cases among service members. TBIs have affected as many as 20% of post nine eleven service members, with many experiencing more than one during their career. Simultaneously, the length of the war and advances in medical care have allowed service members to redeploy after severe physical trauma. These compounding traumas contribute to worsening suicide rates as service members deploy and redeploy after sustaining severe injuries. Together, these and other factors may account for current veteran and active duty suicide rates.
1: Can we read that sentence again because it seems to, oh, together. Oh, these compounding traumas contribute to worsening suicide rates as service members deploy. Okay, together. These are the factors. These and other factors may account for yeah. Okay, so it's not really quite saying anything. All right.
0: Well, when I was on my when I was on my second tour I had everyone around me, or said, let me take that back. Most of the E-4s, E-5s, E-6s were all combat veterans. Um, mm-hmm. There were several of them, and they weren't all specifically in that rank range, but several of them who were guys that are on their third tour. And for those guys, for those guys that were on trip number three to either Iraq or Afghanistan, you could see... The weight on them as time went on you know that in terms of you you yeah. know personal stuff divorces and trying to keep in touch with your kids if if that's the situation somebody is in and then going back and talking about the having to redeploy after having severe physical trauma is that it's true is that people you know veterans there, there are a lot of situations where troops where soldiers and marines would have ended up dying if we were still in Vietnam, but because of the improvement in medical care and in a variety of ways that people end up living through stuff that in the Vietnam era would have probably killed them. And then those guys, depending on where they are in their career and if they end up redeploying, they end up carrying those traumas with them. And sometimes they're traumas we don't even know about. Um,
1: I wonder what the Civil War veteran when penicillin is new, because that would be also another spike of newness of, you know, as far as people surviving the battlefields, I think that might be a bigger change. What, what was there, what was the southern, what was the Confederate soldier who lost that war? You know, the, a rich man's war is poor man's fight they came to face. Was there a lot of suicides among that population, I wonder?
0: That's a that's a good question, and and also is it important to point out that you know that the the um, the violence against black people following emancipation during the Reconstruction period was mm-hmm. um was pushed by veterans. You know that 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 you know it it yeah. it's, it's hard to see you know a veteran coming from a losing war, seeing all these people die and wounded, and whether or not they have any. Uh, psychological or physical trauma and then carrying that out against the people. Oh yeah. For, yeah. They've got a ready,
1: yeah. Scapegoat ready. Yeah. Instead of, instead of suicides, they might've just been killing other humans. Yeah.
0: And, and Uh, also, you know, that, that our, our society has become a lot less forgiving in terms of crimes that way. Is that, you know, that, that, um, I noticed that through the, through the George Floyd protests that happened, uh, last summer is that, you know, there were like guys bringing out paintball guns, you know, that they would, they would take, they would shoot people with paintball guns as they were driving by and shoot, you know, protesters, I guess, whoever was counter protesting, but you know what I mean? But in the past, would that have just been a gun? Would that have been a a baseball bat? You know, that, that, that we still commit violence but it's violence of of smaller means but in other eras that violence would have been a lot more acceptable you know it would have been a lot more you know the easy easier to pretend that i didn't just kill that black guy because i know the cop and they were like we you weren't even here we didn't even see anything um but now it's you know that the 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 laws have made it harder to really really hurt people let's hurt people a little less, but we're still going to hurt them. We're still going to. And to other them. And yes, yes, exactly. Let's see. Many studies have attempted to understand the causes of suicide in the military. Nevertheless, quote, the precise cause of the increases in military suicides remains unknown. Well, they're, they're, I hope nobody's waiting for that magic bullet to, to stop. Military right. it's, suicides. It's, not, it's not
1: possible.
0: No, no. no. And, and, and that's something that they, they kind of use that, that little bit of obfuscation to say, well, we don't know. We don't know what, we, and the thing is, is they do know, they know a whole list of reasons which might cause someone to do that, but it's never any, just one thing. And, and I feel like right. people's brains, are are too connected to a, a yes no mentality it's so. bigger
1: than psychology it's on the it is. sociology it is. um and, and a culture's relationship with death and suicide it might be honorable so, actually honorable somewhere here it's it's not We well we kind of have an abrahamic culture of an idea of hell and whatnot and
0: mm-hmm. and also our
1: place and as as worker bees.
0: No but Our podcast is supported in a few different ways. First, there's Patreon, where we're blessed to have an array of wonderful supporters helping the guys and I pay for some of the podcast expenses. Those who contribute $10 a month or more will be mentioned right here as an honorary producer, helping keep you, our listeners, stocked with new episodes. But you don't have to contribute $10 a month to help us. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help keep us going, paying for hosting and storage fees, transcribing old and new episodes, promoting and expanding the podcast, and more I'm sure I can't think of at the moment. So let's bring out our honorary producers, and they are Will Lorenz, Fahim Shirazi, James O'Barr, Adam Bellows, Eric Phillips, Paul Appel, Julie Dupree, Thomas Benson, Janet Hansen, Tristan Oliver, Daniel Fleming, Michael Karen, Zach H., Ren Jacob, Howard Reynolds, Why I Am Anti War Podcast. Scott Spaulding, Kenneth Cordasco, Korgoth, and the Status Quo Podcast. Your contributions are wonderfully helpful to us. Thank you so much. However, if Patreon isn't your style, you can contribute directly to us through PayPal at paypal.me forward fortress on a hill. Or please check out our awesome store on Spreadshirt.com for some great Fortress merch. The link is in the show notes. And now let's get back to the podcast. Suicide is is it's still it's it's full. I mean there there's very few places in America where someone would 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 not by some portion of their peer group. Be shamed because of that, because it, it, for lots of people, psychology period, but specifically suicide is seen as personality weakness, a weakness of character. You know, they just didn't, they didn't, they didn't clinch their fists and 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 walk forward enough, and that's entirely misses the point because it it there there can be so many different reasons, and and some people don't care. Some people, you know, it's it's not a it's not a thing for them. But if we're to be honest about the real metrics of what war does to a country, or what war has done to our country, those things have to be acknowledged. We have to be. Um, we can't pretend that oh, that was shameful. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna think about it because it's all evidence to what this really does to people. You know, long-term warfare, uh, being a country that that worships it up and down, and and if you don't, if you step outside that that little box, that people are going to shame you for it. And it's a very hard place to be. I I I didn't like for the most part dealing with other veterans after I got out because most of them fit way too much into this box I'm talking about.
1: Yeah, that you know, people all are all over the place. Some people have a chip on their shoulder, some people have a lot of pride, a lot of guilt. It's changed over the years as it's it's, it's become um, impossible to believe we're the good guys, I feel. And these illegal acts, it's not war, it's violence.
0: We got a uh, message here from from Kat. Union Mm -hmm. troops had no qualms whatsoever about killing Native American babies and women after the Civil War. You were absolutely Right, there is there in in right. in that way. Our our government continued to murder people. It was just that at that point, a certain group of people got a little more protection than another group of people. It was you know, it's a modicum yeah. at best. But you know, I wonder about troops- the
1: the psychology
0: of these Union troops,
1: who may, maybe they believed they were fighting for for slavery or whatnot, and and to then find themselves. Well, I you know it's hard to go back there. How how do they deal with the self harm it does in doing evil? And there's definitely forces bigger than any of the individuals that want to other say the Native Americans or erase their culture. Sure, and and get them white people names and whatnot all these efforts are are bigger than that that union soldier
0: true true but but you know very much like uh you you saw dances with wolves didn't you
1: yeah
0: um or little big man yeah in in that one they gave you know they gave you know john dunbar had had a conscience he had a you know he and and His he had just left, you know, the Civil War had just ended when he got or about to end when he got sent out to his, you know, his spot on the range out there. But one thing a little self-serving to the white man's culture, I feel if a white person wrote that. Yeah, yes, is with Wolves is definitely a white savior movie. That's, That's absolutely what it's about. But the thing I want to point out is something that they left out of the movie. The the woman that uh, I'm trying to think, was it uh, Mary Masterson? I'm trying to think of the the actress that played the. Sure. She was the other woman that was living in the village, and that she was yeah. um, a a a white person who had been kidnapped and brought to they live. wouldn't with the suit. That, and there's
1: a lot of stories like that that they wouldn't have to make up. Um, oh no tot-
0: totally but that's that was the thing is that they weren't honest about what actually happened to her mm-hmm. so what they 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 showed us the story of her you know we had a very brief little i wouldn't call it a montage but the fight scene where she was taken from her family and then right. she came and she lived with with uh with with sue the, the Sioux uh nation that yeah. was shown in the movie what they did not show was that after that happened, she was actually kidnapped back from the Sioux by Union soldiers or, or, or Union-affiliated rangers. I'm not—I can't remember exactly who did it. And at that time, when they kidnapped her back, they murdered her husband, who was a Sioux mm-hmm. man. They murdered yeah. one of her children, and her other—and they kidnapped her other daughter as well. And then they took her back. She was—I can't remember. uh, I I think they were. It was like you know, South Dakota type area, but she got drugged back to like Louisiana or something, and forced into a re-education school. You know, you know she and and the rest of it—the rest of her life was just a horror show. She she, her her daughter died before she did, which um, that
1: sounds like a much more useful story. That I didn't realize that she
0: was uh that was based off of a real person yeah her name was uh marianne parker was her was her given name but did they
1: invent um kevin costner's and i love kevin costner Uh, did they invent his his character
0: um i believe so i want to say that there was no specific story about that Mm -hmm. um but 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 they totally took it out, you know. In terms of going yeah. after a white savior mentality, by removing that, they entirely attached themselves to it. Right. And what, and what is that movie? What did that movie do for our culture
1: when it came? Exactly. Out?
0: Exactly. It, it, um, and the other thing to consider, and this this doesn't have to do specifically with Marianne, but when you buy, I have an extended edition. I think. And I've watched the extended edition a couple times, and before John actually gets to his camp, what becomes Fort—I can't remember what he calls um, it—that there's a little short scene where it's the soldiers who were there, and you have this uh, the officer that was in charge, and he's yelling out to these little caves that had they they had little built in little caves in this big mound of dirt for the places for them to be and he's calling to them and they won't answer him they won't say a word they you know and and the, you know they they hadn't been resupplied there was a lot of really you know in terms of their survival there in terms of keeping the post going that was it was really difficult but that mentality of being a soldier and being entirely defeated there is you know there's no there's no food there's no support why the fuck do i think that this is worth it You know, and and that really showed it. But that one scene was cut from the original movie. It was in the, like I said, in the extended release. And to me, that's a much more human showing of what war does soldiers than than what they actually ended up showing. Now, Dances with Wolves, I think, does have some good parts to it. I don't think it should, you know, entirely toss aside, but it is very much a white savior settler colonialism kind of movie with just enough humanity that we stopped paying as much attention. That's all all that needed to happen there. It's kind of
1: a, a self soothing, soothing movie for our country in a
0: way. And, and, Uh, and they were kind of honest about the, about what was happening about the, you know, the Sioux getting put on to reservations and stuff, but, all they did in the end was just, it was the, that, that panning shot of them. They're leaving the village because they know that the army is hunting for him and they don't want the the, the, the tribe to take, to take that in. They could have showed us that. They could have showed us in maybe historical photos or a reenactment or something. What was it really like to be herded onto a reservation after this happened? But instead, we got a nice montage shot, fades back. And a little caption on the screen about this happens, and the movie's over. And it's much okay. easier to ignore than when you see it with your face. Like what happened with those soldiers is that I want you to look into the face of people who are truly defeated, people who thought they had a purpose, and, you, and it's entirely gone, and you want them to keep going. You want them to keep sacrificing. You want them to keep right. ignoring. Maybe someone.
1: Someone in Washington wrote their post down on a map, and they're there dealing with the reality of it.
0: Yeah. So, okay, let's go ahead and move on here a little bit. Um, this paper explores possible causes using currently available data from the DOD, the VA, and related institutions to determine rates and numbers with as much consistency as possible. The paper also draws on secondary literature that provides analyses and insights from numerous related investigations. Finally, this paper relies on a series of semi-structured, qualitative interviews conducted by the author about the role of faith and morality in the lives of post-9-11 service members and war veterans before, during, and after their military careers. These interviews include stories of triumph and trauma from those in every branch of service, while some left the military unscathed, most have had to confront the difficulties of military experience. As one sailor reflected, "Anytime you are involved in the military, you are connected to something that is constantly doing both ill and good. It's just inevitable. There is enough moral stain in the mix that just by joining, you are going to come out stained." Um, I think I think that's very prescient. You know that the that Understanding that you know it, it, certain things may not affect me, but they may end up affecting my. That there there is a wide pool here of bullshit, of of injuries and psychological damage, and and more uh, moral uh, moral judgment, moral questions. That there's uh it, it really it I won't I don't want to say pick your poison, but there are that many ways for someone to be traumatized, and we haven't even. Uh, I don't think we've even mentioned yet military sexual trauma that Mm -hmm. such a high portion of women and, and men, men, men's statistics aren't nearly as high as, as women's, but that this is trauma that people carry with them. And that trauma may be adjacent to other combat trauma. You know, sometimes for people, it's just, it's, you know, the, I'm constantly shocked
1: um, talking to females at, at how prevalent, how prevalent that's. Sexual assault is. I I don't feel at all qualified to to speak on it. I was in an all male unit, and um, we were we were pretty regularly warned to stay away from the the females. Men, everything you do is sexual harassment, mm-hmm. and and not just to protect them, but also to protect uh, ourselves as well. Just don't deal with the females. So I, I had a very non-sexual military experience, where um, <laughs> there might be some peripheral sexuality of people looking at porn and whatnot, but as far as my day-to-day life in the military, that it just didn't enter. We didn't have sexual relationships. It was... Uh, maybe a little more professional maybe not professional enough here and there but it was nice not to to have to to deal with that i guess i was lucky to be a man there
0: no it um i served i served with female mp's um in basic training and throughout the entirety of my time in the service with with one exception that i had a i had a soldier in my team um that was taken because in it, the area they were sending us in Iraq was males only and mm-hmm. my squad got attached to a marine battalion and the marines don't send they don't send females to anything like that so they essentially just cut us off and they they my soldier got transferred to a different a different platoon who was going to be in a different areas um, but that that was a that was a really big hit for me because i was like you know we should be able to have female troops doing this and not worry about it. You know, is sex sex encouraged or discouraged at all amongst um... generally it's generally it's discouraged for people, people to do that. But in, in, in in the efforts of full disclosure, my first wife was, was an MP, you know, I, I, she and I, I met each other and got married and, and, um, and that's one of the things about, you know, you, you, you fall in love with the people you see. You know the people sure. that you're around, the, the, the situations that you're in.
1: Well, and- I, I think of the the Spartans, and they would they would rather encourage their soldiers to have sexual relations amongst each other, to, to love one another, and that of course they were homosexual relations, but to, to go into a battle with someone that you love, that mm-hmm. you're having physical relationships, they turned that into a um, well, that was a strength that was that was used. Um, the, <laughs> we're not doing that. It seems we might be setting people up for failure if we're not encouraging, if we're discouraging sex when sex could be really useful
0: to us. Uh, true, true. But we're still too connected to the morality play uh, in right. America of sex being bad. It'd know? have to be like a
1: Starship Troopers kind of thing where you sign, maybe you're given a, a fuck buddy instead of a battle buddy. <laughs> Um, by your bisexual preference and you're, well, you're going to fight pretty well next. You're going to really, really care about, well, what you tell me to go out with your wife or, or what became your wife. It's It's got to be a different bond than as much as I love any of my dudes.
0: Well, it, I, I mean, w- one thing that they end up doing is that they, you know, that you can't be in the same team or, or same platoon or anything like that. And so when, when, when that happens, usually, and especially if you get married, you'll get yeah. young, one of you, usually the female will get shipped to another, another spot. I, my, my ex and I were lucky that, um, when, uh, when she, she was able to get out cause she was pregnant with our son. And so she ended up only having to go to Iraq once, um, which I was, I was really happy about, um, but, uh, crap, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um, but no, it was, it was generally seemed as bullshit. You know, if you have a relationship with somebody else, it's like, it's bullshit. It's not worth people's time. I don't know why you want to date other soldiers or anything. And, and I, I can understand the social issues with all of that. But again, you, you do, you, you, you fall in love with the people that are around you. And
1: um, Well, and you're in high stress times. It that it could. might be nice to have someone to hug nearby. It, not sex so much for reproduction, but for in a bonobo kind of but for comfort. Um comforting you know, each other. Sure. Yeah, to discourage people from that or to make it or to not take advantage of its of its potential power, I think is a mistake.
0: I think part of the part of the problem too is that we have um, too much shame about birth control. Because uh-huh. the, the, the biggest thing is when someone would get pregnant, usually on deployment. And of course the, the female has to go home because she's pregnant. There's, you know, the, the her being out in combat is it it just makes no sense to it for anything anymore. Um, True. but but, yeah. but that's a loss of that's a loss of a soldier. That's someone in the in the battle roster that will not will not be in a turret or behind the driver's wheel of a Humvee or something like that, and they have to to end up dealing with that. Um. Yeah, that's that's probably yeah. Gay sex might be
1: more more safe to promote against your 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 soldiers than anything that could lead to a baby because that's yeah, that's not gonna fly. You can't be getting knocked up and deployed. No, no, uh, it's not. Um, that's not so useful.
0: But I I do want to mention one thing about the the environment that I was in 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 the in the MPs is that the the there were very few leaders that were actually willing to protect them there are very few leaders that willing to you know like like you you have a soldier and the skeevy guy in the platoon wants to take her out you know he's the dude that has done everybody it's you know it, it, it he treats women in a very specific way and I don't know why at that moment it's like you know what dude stay away from our females, all of them stay away. I, you know, and and besides the bullshit is I, I I know how you're going to treat this person. And this person is part of our unit, part of our organic ability to go and fight in this war. Don't, don't destroy that. Don't destroy that, that chance for rapport that this person could have with other soldiers, but no, it, it needs to, I, 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 um, Kat, you're absolutely right. You, you cannot, uh, you cannot stop love. Um, and, and that's the big thing is that, that people. Right, so,
1: and don't try to. Yeah. 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 I think um, I, as our culture integrates women, it's, and I mean, Western culture into the military. It might be centuries or decades and decades of growing pains before we can get this right. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm horrified to hear I, on, on a chain of command level, how disruptive it would be to, well, what a failure it is for a leader to behave sexually towards a subordinate, how, how just way outside of what's appropriate,
0: what's useful to the unit that is. And, and, and that's, that to me is one of the worst things that. Like if you're in
1: love with that soldier, can you risk that soldier's life?
0: yeah exactly are i mean how how far are you willing to go in taking advantage of this particular person and and one one particular one that I read about had to do with a it was an e seven sergeant first class who was in a first sergeant position and he was dating an e three that was in his unit and i'm like dude you, you no gross inappropriate every direction you can look, this is not a good choice for anyone. I don't care how much you care about this person. We, you know, something, something needs to give. And the the reason that I ended up reading about that story at all is because somebody had wrote a, you know, kind of corrosive response piece to it. And they were talking about how disruptive females are in the unit and they do this and they do that. And it's like, hold on, buddy. That happens because your leaders, don't do their fucking jobs that happens right. because your leaders don't say these women are not meat they are our fucking teammates and you will treat them that way or you're gonna have to deal with me that's the kind of you know first sergeant that I would have been if it had gone on that long but most of them don't most of them see them as a, as a pool to dip their fingers into and and here you know we're talking specifically about veteran suicides there are so many different ways that can happen. You know, somebody can be ostracized from their unit simply because they dated someone, broke up, and then that whoever the male half of it goes and tells everyone shit that they shouldn't be sharing, so and 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 puts them in a place where it's like I can't fit in in this group anymore because you destroyed it for me simply yeah. doing things that people do at the end of a relationship, but because of the the, the military uh, apparatus over the top. It, it makes the situation entirely different. But again, let's go back to what you're talking about earlier about us sending our children to fight. These yeah. are kids, These are 18, 19, 20 year old people who haven't been in long-term relationships, join the military for whatever fucking reason. But yeah. and, and we don't get Raging
1: sexually.
0: Like, yeah, yeah.
1: I, I was a horny, horny young man. Yeah. Hard to another, think about much other than sex, yeah, you
0: know, and video yeah. games. We got another message here from Cat. OMG, we had a last first sergeant that had a wife at home and another German wife there. I used to take calls from the wife at home. What when he's been out with the other? So twisted. No, that that is a a perfect example. Um, I had I had a platoon sergeant that had an affair with a, a housekeeper when he was stationed at Fort Leonard Wood. And yeah. he was he was uh, he was doing actual I mean, he was a, he was an SGL there, a small uh, what the army calls a small group leader doing training of of some kind. And he ended up he was at we were stationed then at Fort Lewis. He was going back to Leonard Wood for some kind of training thing. And it hit her up. Had had said, hey, I'm back in town. Let's you know, let's do this. That is so common. And, and, and it, I, it, it's just it's it's just rampant. It's everywhere. Hmm. Cat all, all kinds of cheating was going on, true, but not all was uh that type of fraternizing. That's hmm. true, that's very that's very true. Um yeah, yeah, among the Joes, I I think
1: it's way different than a, a sergeant to a private. It's like you don't take money from them, you don't fuck them, mm-hmm. you don't fuck their wives, you don't treat them like you don't. You have to be willing to spend
0: their lives. How do you How do you do that unless you value the life, and therefore you value the relationships, and you don't want to mess with them, so you leave them alone. It's yeah. not part of your yeah. role. At least. Maybe um,
1: have some professional distance. You know, it's 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 not for nothing that it's in the UCMJ chain. adultery is off limits, and that kind of fraternization is. It's not just like morally wrong. It's disruptive. It's. yeah.
0: It cannot stand. All right. Let's let's go back, do a little more reading here. Neither the qualitative interviews nor the secondary literature and data pointed to a singular cause for increased military suicides. We talked about that a bit earlier. There are simply too many variables that may contribute to rising rates. No shit. Moreover, the different roles of service members in the different branches and components, active or reserve, all present unique risk factors. An Air Force engineer would have quite a different experience from an infantryman in the Army who would have a vastly different experience from a Navy reservist. A 2012 Armed Forces Health Surveillance Center report, for example, revealed suicide rates for the Army and Marines were higher than those of the Navy and Air Force, that makes sense because those are the guys that primarily are doing boots on the ground type missions. However, it's important to note what they're talking about here with different jobs and different experiences is like it was mentioned by the the guy when this the we I first started reading the paper and um, talking about that he's not someone that generally would be out on a walking patrol. You know, it, it, he just generally wouldn't, but. Because of the nature of the war on terror, you have MOSs, you have military jobs that are out in positions they normally wouldn't be in, because uh-huh. for whatever the mission has to has to require. Like a great example is is MPs, where yeah. I was in um, in Diwinia, you know, about three hours or so south of south of Baghdad. There was a good portion of the deployment. We were by ourselves. You know, there there yeah. was. A bunch of uh, units in the area, and we generally had to provide. um, You know, I mean, some somebody would come come to help us at some point, and there were times later on where we did get more people. But the point, I
1: think, I I think you're tough and you can take that, and you know, you can be, we can be pushed really, really hard, but it's got to be worth it. One thing in common with all these across the different. Uh, the different branches we're all coming from the same country and we're all even given the red lies or the blue lies, mm-hmm. we've we've all been abused. Mm-hmm. That's that's true amongst like as far as getting physically exhausted, that's I think that's different than morally and psychologically spent. I I think that yeah you you're gonna be pushed pretty hard. Uh, even if it wasn't your job, but it's got to be worth it. Yeah. What did What did I accomplish? You know, you look back at these these terrible, uh, at a at a hard thing, and what gets you through it is that it's worth it, or maybe it's hopeless and you're just surviving. Which yeah, that's 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 a place of apathy, and it's it's I don't think it's sustainable. We've the the root. If there's a singular cause it's that it was all a lie. Yeah. It was for nothing. It it might be really helpful to look back on those hardships and think but you know what at least we made the world a better place. We, we made did. our country we made our country safer. We yeah. we lived up to our grandfathers.
0: No, we 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 if we, if we get disconnected from that from that um that, that community myth, we're, we're, we're fucked, you know, mentally and, and psychologically just it, 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 you, you know, and, and that, that being ostracized in that way can happen for a lot of, a lot of different reasons, not just what we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. Um, But very, very important to note though, attempting to identify the primary cause of increasing suicide rates would require piecing together a puzzle we can often only identify in hindsight with limited knowledge of the individual circumstances under which people chose to take their own lives still it is worthwhile to lay out the patterns of factors affecting military personnel and veterans in our modern wars as well as what factors may be unique to the post 9 11 era and i i feel like he's really
1: really missing a lot by confining this to our culture
0: yeah, there's are humans human. outside of American. Yeah, no, I, I think I think that this this should be analyzed next to statistics from the UK and other other maybe non
1: Western nation. You know how do African countries mm-hmm. deal with this or, or um, Oriental or Asian or whatever? Latin, still pretty Western, like Hurt. Are the uh, how about what's sui- what's other than the suicide bombers? Anyone that took arms took up arms to come fight us, say in Iraq. How do they feel about theirs? Were they really serving their families in coming to fight us? Were they, or were they also duped? Like I, I know. A lot of people came in from outside of Iraq to come fight mm-hmm. us. We kind of invited violence to this city. Mm-hmm. How, how's morale over at ISIS? Are they offing themselves? Are they feeling pretty good about themselves? Are they fighting for something? I wonder, huh? because it's it's bigger than just the violence or even the atrocities.
0: I don't know. That's a, that's a good question though. if that that the do do other military or paramilitary groups get you know deal with suicides in the same way? Um, you know, I I I don't know. I it's uh, worth looking
1: into if we want to get to the bottom with what the hell is happening to our country.
0: It is def- it is definitely working into and you're right there that the you know what. Um, you know, it would be important to look at the incentives that people would have to come to a place like Iraq and and participate. Um, or maybe look
1: back through, and outside of soldiers, look back in history at a culture dealing with rising suicides. When what, you know, there's got to be something.
0: Yeah. No, it's a good question.
1: It's a very if good question. We're, if we're actually... Obviously, you and I care about this, but does our if our country actually cares about
0: the U.S. veteran suicide rate per 100 per 100,000 has outpaced that of the public and reveals an increasingly severe crisis. The VA 2020 National Veterans Suicide Prevention Annual Report, that's a mouthful, reveals the suicide rate of veterans overall and adjusted for age and sex is 1.5 times that of the general population. This rate is likely a conservative one because unlike earlier reports, the VA only counts veterans who were federally activated, leaving out reservists and National Guardsmen who were not federally activated. That is one subject that I do want to check into because I'd like to know more about that, especially where we are right now because over the past 18 months, the National Guard has been deployed a whole bunch to a bunch of different places for a bunch of different reasons. I'm mm-hmm. guessing that they are all just... Drag the fuck down right now because of how many different things they've had to to deal with and and handle. Um, That's they've
1: been abused. I
0: feel it's just. I do. By I do
1: by do definition, it. they're the national guard. That's not but,
0: the international offense. <laughs> the uh, the suicide rates for them, I think, should be included in this. It absolutely the fact that they don't include. Reserve as the National Guard who weren't federally activated is a is a major omission that needs to. Yeah,
1: abs- what's, what's the and point? Even yeah. even
0: if, even if it, there's a little, you know, there's a little note to it. There's a little asterisk about some of these guys were this. At least that they're considered in the pool of it, um, because the missions aren't entirely overseas. It's not just overseas that troops can be sent for bullshit missions. Right. One consequence of this change is that the off, off-sighted 21 veteran suicides per day is now about 17 per day. The current <clears throat> actual rate is 27.5 per 100,000, adjusting for age and sex and still absent guardsmen and reservists, meaning the rate has grown to be about 1.5 times worse since 2005. Additionally – How do you adjust for age and sex? I don't um,
1: understand because what. We, we have two sexes in the army
0: and the, in the military. The they, veterans are two sexes. Yeah. The, the, you know, men, men are, I, I want to say that it would probably fit into some of the normal categories about suicide. For example, that men are more likely to complete suicide to use more deadlier means, but women are more likely to attempt suicide statistically. So I think that they're in terms of in terms of fitting them into just your basic age categories um, and, and sex categories in that way. I don't I don't know that they were thinking about it any bigger than uh, than that. Um is additionally a veteran's age, 18 to 34. The rate has increased by 76 percent during two, since 2005. Now, your 18 to 34 is your bread and butter Age age group of the military. They are the workhorses. They are the the E one E two soldiers that are are filling sandbags and and carrying heavy heavy equipment and stuff. It's your 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 junior NCOs, possibly even occasionally a senior NCO, um, yeah. depending on how long they have uh, they have been in. And so you know, for it to be that much more in the younger bracket, yeah, it, 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 that's. It's fucking awful. Hey, I don't I, I don't I don't have better words for it. Um, let's see what's the next thing here. While well, the suicide rate of the general population has grown 1.3 times the 2005 rate, the increases are not commensurate with those of veterans overall, and certainly not with more uh, recent younger veterans of the post 9/11 wars. In total, there were 89,100 confirmed U.S. veteran suicides between 2005 and 2018, including veterans of the Global War on Terror and also previous wars such as the Vietnam War. The VA began tracking suicide rates among veterans in the mid-2000s and has not released current rates or numbers beyond 2018 despite publishing annual reports since 2005, estimating an average of 6,364 veteran suicide deaths per year the total number between 2005 and the present day is likely closer to 95,460. Averaged in
1: that way, it's not very useful. That we need to look at a chart and see if there's been spikes over that time, or sure. if it's been a gradual, you know. But
0: I, I, I do think I do think um, some of it is is rather cursory. But I, I do think one thing here is is important. And that is for us to just look at the, you know, just comparing these numbers to everyday things. Um, you know, I want to say there's about 400,000 people in Portland, Oregon, where I live. This is saying that almost a quarter of the population of Portland killed themselves from following service in in, in a war. Mm-hmm. I think that, that people need to I, th- I think that's really instructive, you know, that it's so often that we don't we look at things in terms of a rate, you know, like we were saying earlier, you know, based on age and sex. But when you look at hard numbers like this, 95,460 human beings killed themselves yeah. after coming back from a war. And we're and again, we're today we're not talking about KIAs, we're not talking about guys that were killed or wounded physically in in service these are guys that came home that made it home and ended their lives at some point after that and i think that we should think about that i think that i i i think yeah. that you know, there's there's times where it's you know we throw around numbers and 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 again you know if we were if we were back in 1975 you know 50 what was it we lost 58,000 people 58,000 troops in vietnam uh KIA That this is a you know, this is two thirds of that, it would be very different for them looking at their war in this metric. But I would imagine that if we were to go back to, let's say, 1975 to now, and actually punish the honest suicide rates for Vietnam veterans, we would be dealing with 500,000, 600,000, considering how many million troops served there and came home. And that the VA and other other government organizations just haven't covered it. They haven't gone back and looked at that. Um, and I, I mean, I understand that it's 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 difficult to do, but it's not undoable. I mean, the the, the Watson Institute puts out stuff like this very often. Um, yeah, it, we've
1: our, we've changed our whole world has changed since 2005 too. There's got to, we got to be able to look for catalysts or spikes or when did this really start taking off? And has it been a straight, has it been constant? Has Have there been uh, waves of suicide connected with maybe social media stuff with the rise of Facebook? And
0: it's possible. It's very possible. It's just, you know, it. it it's all about, you know, if, if you have the data, Um, that was something that Lee mentioned when we talked to him is that the, the, the reason that, that Norman Camp got to write the book that he did was because another shrink in, in complete rejection of the orders he was given by his superiors kept his files on his patients. And because he did that, there was information that could be used out of that. They were told to burn it. I think about how many guys, you know, got these cursory little checks in Vietnam for their mental health. You know, we could have a stack of a million files in front of us if people had actually held on to them and stuff like that hadn't been got rid of, but the 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 shame quotient definitely needs to be acknowledged here. They wanted to hide it. They wanted, you know, they they they
1: Well, what if if there's a catalyst for these suicides that hurts someone's bottom line? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Absolutely. You know, what if there's some economic correlation to money going to these people with an uptick of the consequences, which is our population offing itself?
0: See, that's that's one of the goals I have with doing things like this and working on the podcast is that I want it to be so ugly for future U.S. leaders to choose to send kids to war. I want it to be it, it, it needs It'd to be, better be worth it. Yeah. It, yeah. Especially
1: it, it, when we're the most powerful thing on this planet.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that it it, it it we can't pretend that it's 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 that it's not there, but if people won't acknowledge Iraqi lives or Afghan lives or any other any other marginalized people we happen to go and drop bombs on, can they at least empathize with fellow Americans? You know, can they at least see that okay, I am voluntarily sending all these kids to get PTSD to receive traumatic for the
1: service that you might kill yourself for in a few years. You know, we've got these cultural virtue signals of I support the troops. What are you doing?
0: Instead of actually, you know, I tell people don't don't thank veterans for their service. Ask them about their service. Tell me about your service. What did you do? And and Mm. and they may be uncomfortable with some of it and not want to share it. And that's okay. But it should not be a blanket Okay, I did my obligatory honorific thing here. I honored the veteran, and now I can go on with my day. I, it's um,
1: often freedom. If some if something doesn't feel free, it loses its will to live too. True, and I think our freedoms have been eroded over time. Oh, I mean, what what has happened? Since 2001 as far as Violations to w- Sacred American values Like free
0: speech That's That's screwed <laughs> Got a uh, co- Comment here from Cat. 25 miles from Fort Huachuca Lots of old vets retired here So no that should never uh, Never happen with a local Local paper Mm-hmm. Do you recall what she's mentioned about the paper? I'm I'm drawing a blank here at the second.
1: I'm waiting for understanding. Okay.
0: Also, also from Cat, I think all the rates are definitely underreported. The same paper tried to uh, sensationalize and question an obvious vet suicide as a possible sus- suspicious death for three yeah. days. Even. Um, well, I
1: think yeah, Cat might be speaking to the fact that it's. This, the reality of this is being spun.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and and that this, some of this stuff is things that have very gradually impl- improved in the fallout from what's happened at Fort Hood and the, and the murder of uh, Vanessa Guillen. That is, I, I remember initially reading that story, and I say to myself, where are her leaders? Where are the people that are supposed to be checking on her? And she was an armor. Now if I'm the armor and COIC, you know, the guy in charge, I'm going to make sure at the end of the day I put eyes on all my soldiers. I know where they are. Hey, I'm going home. Cool. they you know, it's your nobody. ass if you don't. Exactly. And so she just vanishes and no one does anything. They just assume, oh, I guess she's a wall, you know, she did whatever's going on, you know, sensitive female or whatever whatever bullshit they happen to throw out there. But who actually tried to find out because I remember talking when he t- talked about this in the podcast is there was a point that afternoon when she was murdered, when there was a huge crime scene in that arms room down there and had one person, one soldier and NCO, walked into that arms room and seen it, there was no more hiding it. There would be no more, but that guy got the time to clean all that shit up because he was alone because Vanessa went to a place where most soldiers don't go unless we're drawing weapons or we're cleaning weapons. And a lot of army training doesn't require that. It was, you know, they're down in basements. We army bases have or posts have um, have horrible records with surveillance in terms of security, in terms of actually watching what's happening on their base. And, and, and I'm like, and eventually they did fire all the NCOs that were in their chain of command. I don't know how many of them actually got into trouble I don't know how many of them actually said this was on you and you didn't do what you, you know, your, your duty. But that's, that's, that's my problem and not the military's because that's how I look at duty. That's not how the military teaches us to look at duty. It's about, you know, we do, we do the bare minimum. We do maybe a little more if someone's watching, but that's it. It wasn't, no, 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 I didn't have anything to do with that. Why, why would you blame that on me? Because you're her fucking sergeant. You were supposed to be there, and you chose not to. And now she's dead, murdered by a fellow soldier. So Mm I—I got into a bit of a tangent on that, but that's—but in terms of discussing all of this, in terms of 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 trust of leadership and all that, that it's not there. I think it rots.
1: It rots from the top. If people are unaccountable from the top down, it it works its way down over time, and we're going to end up with a pretty messed up military if we don't no I, I think that's how it's all punish yeah. punish criminality yeah. vast criminality okay are we almost at the end of this um, article you think oh it's thir- it goes on to 35 pages right. it
0: does all uh, after the finish this paragraph I'll start skimming we'll we'll cut it down a little bit it um, says, most of today's veterans did not participate in post-9-11 conflicts. About 3.764 million veterans, um, 21% of the more than 18.2 million veterans in the U.S. today, served after the September 11, 2001 attacks. If the percentage of veteran suicides were the same for post-9-11 veterans as for all veterans, then post-9-11 veteran suicides might total 20,370. However, for various reasons which this paper explores, suicide rates are much higher for post-9-11 veterans, particularly those in the 18 to 34 age group, um, rising from an average suicide rate of 32.3 per 100,000 between uh, 2005 and 2017 to 14.9 per 100,000 in 2018. Therefore, we can conservatively estimate the number of suicides among Global War on Terror veterans to be about 22,261. Even at these conservative numbers, they are triple the 7,057 service members who have died during global war on terror operations. Um, moreover, the current suicide rate of 45.9 veterans, uh, among uh, 45.9 among veterans, 18 to 34, is about 2.5 times the suicide rate of that of the adjusted population, which is 18 per 100,000. So yeah, look... From eighteen per hundred thousand to forty five point nine. I mean, it's among the specific age bracket. But it, how fucking horrifying is that? Yeah. I mean, I, all right, let's let's skim through here and we'll find some stuff we haven't haven't talked about. Um, we talk about it's been called an epidemic of soldier suicides. You got that that right. Um. Oh, here's an important one. The DOD and others have maintained, apart from 2012, the suicide rates adjusted for age, sex, and population are almost the same between active duty service members and those of the general population. They can no longer argue this since the number of suicides and the rate have become worse in recent years, as 2018, 2019, and 2020 have consecutively marked the worst years of active service member suicide since the previous peak year in 2012. Um. Two important things to mention this. Number one, 2012 was the peak of the Afghani- the war in Afghanistan. So it makes sense that there was a huge peak during that particular time. 2018, 2019, and 2020 are all years where Trump was our president. And I started thinking about that. And, and this was during the time when General Soleimani was assassinated by a, by a cruise missile. I don't know about you, but if I were still in uniform during this time, I would have spent those particular years being absolutely terrified that I was getting ready to go and fight in Iran. Um, the threat of war with Iran was absolutely palpable during that, those particular times. I know because I was living it too. I told this to, to Danny when we we started covering those things. Is that, dude? I can't tell you how terrified I am that our country is about to march into another. Unwinnable, unneeded, unimportant to American interests. War, well, certain American interests, I should say. Um, and I, I'm guessing that troops are are feeling that as well, because during the war in Iraq, we all wait. You know, we weren't sure that you know maybe Bush was going to send us to Iran too, and that was the there were bumper stickers around that that had a you know the little letter taking tick, off it, and it spelled I I R A. And the queue was leaving and the end was arriving like next in line. Here's what we're doing. And so I'm guessing that that had a big impact on service members, mental health during that time, just having not knowing what the hell was going to happen and knowing that it was going to be an awful war. If it did.
1: Hey there. I'm not sure what there happened.
0: Yeah, Sorry about that. I'm not sure why I did that. So, Anyways, um what I was what I was mentioning about Iran is that I know for me that my fear was absolutely palpable during the time when Soleimani was killed, that we were getting ready to go and fight in Iran. You know, mm-hmm. and and you have the you have the 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 counterattack, the response attack that came from Iran that hit Al Assad Airbase and out in out in uh the west uh, western Iraq. Um, there were, I think the news said that there were 30 people that got purple hearts for TBI injuries from those attacks. And so none of those troops, you know, probably none of the, I don't know if any of them got sent home, but imagine everybody lives, but we all still have to live with the reality of almost being killed. You know, we didn't come quite as close, but we're still damaged from it that was what the fallout was from that. And I expected more, like I said, I I expect, you know, I, I was terrified that that was the next going to be the next step. And I'm so thankful that it wasn't. I, you know, I, I don't, didn't trust Trump as far as I could throw him, especially in terms of making a simple decision in that way. Um, but I think that that was one major component of those years where their suicide rates were, were much higher than they were um, at other times. See, See, I don't know about the accuracy of this. Um, That's it says active duty suicide rates have decreased during wartime in every U S war besides Vietnam and the global war on terror. I think that is from lack of reporting. I think that is from people not coming forward. It's not because, um, or not. well, they
1: didn't start or, collecting suicide information to the mid two thousands, so yeah. it's kind of so, not sayable.
0: So, yeah, we're we're not dealing with accurate studies of of any of these other times, and so it, I, I think people should treat this as as very skeptical. If 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 you um, if you're inclined to uh, inclined to believe that. Okay, so here we have our hostile death rate from the war. Um, We have our first peak, or one of our first peaks, over here when you and I were there in 2004, and then we have the other one at the height of the surge in 2007. So, by their metrics, there there are I'm not seeing. I guess there's a little more of a point over here. Near, that kind of
1: connects it to spikes in violence as though that has, I think that's yeah. a, an important factor. But I, I think the well, psychological, no. the psychology is much more important than yes. the violence. Like I feel like we can do violence yeah. or, or,
0: you know, and then hold it. We also have another peak over here. And this is with two, course corresponds to 2012 with the, when the peak was in the Afghan war. Um, and that's specific about adjusted active duty suicide rate, um, but over here we just th- this is here's civilian, and here's military. Um, oh, excuse me. This is this is military. This is veteran. So civilian, veteran, um, military. I can't, I can't uh, see what you're talking about. Oh, I'm sorry. I my my pointer isn't here. So, okay. So we have our 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 hostile death rate is this is the um, the dotted line. The solid black line is the adjusted veteran suicide rate. The- I, see, I see no lines, my friend. I, I, perhaps you
1: need oh. to share the screen. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: what I didn't do. That, oh.
1: Okay. All right. I could nod my head with a little
0: more confidence now. Okay. It's <laughs> true about that family members sometimes cover up situations like that. That's a, a very good observation. Um, okay. Sorry about that. So. We have our dotted line here for our hostile death rate, guys actually dying, dying during operations. We have our double line here that is the adjusted active duty suicide rate. You have this solid line, which is the adjusted veteran suicide rate. And then this hash line is the age-adjusted civilian rate. So just, just the obvious difference there. And you have a couple places like with this solid line and the hashed one between uh, civilian rates and veteran rates that we've always—all their data is far above it. We we don't if if their data is accurate. At no time from 2005 to the present did we ever have a rate that was commensurate with the civilian rate, which is the VA's line. That's what they tell everybody. It was in several articles that I read about the specific topic that they are you know the veteran active duty and veteran suicides are commensurate with the civilian rate. That's it. That's that, that's their fucking explanation. But it doesn't it doesn't accurately show uh, what this is and and the numbers absolutely bear it out. All right. Let's see. Rates and figures by the DOD and other sources may be prone to data error. Yeah, I I figured no that. shit. Um, Even counting all deaths, including hostile and non-hostile incidents in the global war on terror, which totaled 7,057, there are more than triple the number of post-911 veteran suicide deaths. Um, Adding the estimated 5,116 active duty personnel who died by suicide, the 1,193 National Guard service members, 1,607 Reserve Component service members, um, between 2011 and 2020, to the conservative estimate of 22,261, um, and so and and it says it says that's not that's not even accurate that the it has to be down here with uh, with 30,000 that is the, the the much more accurate thing. And the thing is is that if this was still peacetime, there would certainly still be active duty suicides, but there probably wouldn't be nearly as many National Guard or Reserve member suicides. How can they justify saying that it's simply commensurate with rates when you look at these people that, that they weren't in the active army? They were only, you know, on active. And who,
1: who, who wants to say yeah.
0: that? You oh, know? No, absolutely. No, it, it is an ugly thing to say, but it's the reality. But yeah, no, they don't want to. They want to, you know, the the they want to just hide behind the statistics and say those those aren't accurate.
1: Because um, dealing with the problem might, might not... It, might yeah. not be financially worth it.
0: Um, it is worth mentioning, even with today's alarmingly high, uh, alarming high rates, military suicide rates are still low, lower than in much of the pre World War II era. One may speculate the reason for this is the massive growth in understanding, and identifying, and treating mental health issues in the last better part of a century. It is likely also a matter of scale, as the military is significantly larger today. What does pharmaceuticals tie in? That's a good question. That's a very good question. You
1: can't can't
0: take Uh, that out. um, Improvements in life-saving medical practices, protective equipment, and strategies that limit boots on the ground to prevent physical injury simply keep more service members alive and often unscathed. Um, Such advances in both mental and physical health illustrate why suicide rates may be lower today by comparison to the pre-World War II period. That said the date of available. Well those
1: were really depressing times.
0: Yeah, yeah. And like it, e-
1: economically and people were there there was hopelessness.
0: Absolutely. But there was there weren't
1: any antidepressants. No, no. And and like you, you think, think with the, you know, if antidepressants were a benefit to our culture that they would have worked. Or that we wouldn't see. I wonder if there could be a tie between those and suicides. Well. M- fucking with the mind chemistry like that.
0: I was in in, in Norman Camps about, about doing his work in Vietnam. He mentions that the Vietnam era is the first time that there were American pharmaceutical options for psychological treatment. It was, you know, mm-hmm. we, we didn't have any of that in World War II. And it was, it's older stuff, you know, it's the tricyclic stuff, your, um, uh, nortriptyline and things, things like that stuff that I've, I've taken at different times. But the problem was, is that they give it, it and it happened in the war in Iraq too, because I saw it happen with my own guys that we send people to mental health, they're given pills and they're sent away. And, and there's money attached to
1: those pills too with government contracts. And it's not just for nothing these are ending up in front. It's not it's not just medically, I feel like that these are ending are being pushed on people. I, I feel like someone's making a big buck, whether
0: it's about that or not.
1: Someone's making a big buck.
0: Well, it it it, it really depends. I know it it I I, I don't know in terms of like the military pushing, pushing pills, knowing that it'll keep more people, you know, in, in, well, in it work.
1: helps you treat a symptom if you can't deal with the cause, which is the, this is all bullshit. For example, plus family
0: members themselves make, outright. right. Well, the, I, I part of it is, you know, that, 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 um, mental health medications can help with certain symptoms but there are times where the body has is doing things that aren't within our our, our the control of our psyche sure. you know we can't and the thing the thing about that i tell people about taking pills like that cuz i i take i take a couple different ones is that you're you're supposed to find something that helps you take a bit of the edge off you know like if we were just thinking of in terms of mental pain if you're not so anxious if you're not so depressed But it's not gonna be a catch-all. You know, it has to, if you if you have serious issues, you need to talk to someone. Like you said, you need to deal with the root causes of of what's happening. But at times, you can't. You know, I I as an example with my pain is I I can't I can't deal with the root cause root causes any more than I already am. But taking those meds does help my day-to-day, you know, it makes it so that I I can you know, do, do stuff like this, like us chatting. Um, but I do think it's important that we talk about the reasons that pills get pushed first and then people don't get watched with it because I think that happens a lot with in, in, in America too, in the civilian population, you go to a doctor for, ask for pills, you're given the pills and then but it's your regular doctor you're not going to come back with them for for specific sessions you you may not go back and, and check in with them for a couple months and you know you could become you know meds can make people suicidal it can make them extremely anxious you have to deal you have to be monitored in, in doing that and so if pills are the are pills can never be the solution but they i think they can be part of the solution if doctors are are attentive with it and that we understand the root reasons, but
1: I think they could also be a part of the problem. If, if we're seeing an uptick in the use of these and an uptick in suicide. True. You know, our population is getting less mentally healthy. It's possible. Um,
0: But I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think there should ever be a, you know, a blanket, you know, don't, don't use, you know, don't take these meds. Don't, don't, uh, you know, you just, you just, it like- is
1: it is a difference between our generation of veteran and what's come before our so-called advances in mental health. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if we can call them advances if we're doing worse. Sure. Sure. It's definitely, it shouldn't be isolated out of, you know, wondering What's going on? So, like, what are our psychologists doing? Yeah. Yeah. Because well, you can, uh, you can like numb yourself out. One can use alcohol and if, and not feel.
0: You and can never And, and. So that, that's one, that's one aspect of with taking pills that there's a point of numbness where you need yeah. to stop where, you know, because the, the med is not, it's not letting you still respond to your environment. It just makes it so you don't care you don't give give a crap and mm-hmm. and that can happen to a lot of people and and that needs to be that does need to be acknowledged definitely um,
1: i think it's it's a piece of the puzzle
0: okay i am let's see now they do mention in here i'm going to i'm going to skip over most of it but they do mention about that because our war dealt specifically with ieds and with a, a huge uptick in traumatic brain injuries compared to the Vietnam era, that makes it, it definitely individualizes the conflict in that way in a much more clear. I don't think
1: I don't think it's really
0: sayable
1: to compare the effects, of, like the shockwave effects of artillery, on an older battlefield. It, it, even, it is even,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Even using our own explosives, you know, you set a claymore off. There's that shock wave. You need to be underneath it. Uh, oh, psychologically, good. it was really. I don't know if I ever left IEDs behind, and any time I get in my vehicle, to be driving around with that kind of danger, where you. You you're, you're helpless. It seems mm-hmm. to me. I I was I felt helpless against IEDs, um, but yeah.
0: No, and 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 the rattling that, heads happens at war. That's 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 actually something they mentioned in here too. I, I don't recall the section, but I can paraphrase a little bit that because because we dealt with so many IEDs, there was an ever ever present notion of doom you know uh-huh. that, that, that you didn't you know there was there was never a time when you didn't feel vulnerable because you i know, think
1: that's they, on they, a battlefield in, in world war ii say too, the or world war one where just being near the front line say getting shelled to shit um that's going to be a lot of an iud it's not going to be one after the other after the other after the other after the other it's going to blast and ring your bell but it's not like a barrage, like an artillery barrage. I feel would be more devastating. Outside of the shrapnel,
0: as far as the vibrations go, I I think that I think that that's a, a good point. I the the what they've seen so far statistically is that the in terms of the the traumatic brain injury comparison, that statistically speaking, guys fighting in Vietnam or guys fighting in World War II had a a lesser chance for for a traumatic brain injury but in in i wonder if that's true though
1: i mean there's nothing they're improvised explosives device devices that first of all they're not one thing they explode and explosions
0: but the rock
1: us badly
0: there's also the repeat effect that, you know, like we talked about earlier is that because of medical advances, because of improvements and how they, they treat combat trauma, that a, a person can get their bell rung and then get treated, get checked for concussions and then get sent back out. And then you have the chance for repeat drama. Let's say that person did have a concussion, but they were sent out before they were supposed to, they get hit again. And then, then you're, you have compounding injuries. I think that I think that that's that's more of the the more of the gist in terms of comparing ours to theirs is that if something that bad happened to somebody with artillery in World War II, Would they have had a repeat situation that was close enough to duplicate those conditions and compound an existing injury? Um, I'm sure that it did happen, but like you said, uh, how do we statistically look at that? How do we. Compare that accurately. I do agree with you. You know that 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 uh, you know getting hit by artillery, even if you live through it, could be significantly worse than an IED. But it also depends. Some IEDs are very sophisticated. Um, EFPs, those uh, explosive formed uh, penetrators, can do serious damage to very armored vehicles. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, the armor the armored vehicles themselves suck and aren't really that armored. They're armored just enough. Um, which is something I want to talk about in the future, about the, the shittiness in, in that way, strikers, Humvees and such. Um, but it, that compounding thing, it, I saw something just a little bit ago where it talked about that they they screened 150 veterans and they said that, the, the, that some people got hit, uh, who had got hit by at least one IED. Um, there was people that got as few as two and there was a dude who had gotten hit 18 times. Now, I'm sure that there's some variants in there. Some of them were probably not as severe as others. But to be to have your life be threatened to be burned out 18 different times, yeah, that's a huge burden to carry, you know, in, in addition to whatever physical symptoms that, that would provide. Um, now again, we're we're not saying mm-hmm. that that soldiers who were clearly in need of care in past wars weren't sent back out into the field. They absolutely were. What I just mentioned about the pills in Vietnam is that that, that was something that Dr. Camp specifically mentioned in the book was that um, that this new, this new aspect of psychological treatment is being used to shove people back out to the front because now they have pills and the pills are going to save them as opposed to actually seeing what's going on with this guy. Cause there would be times they'd send guys back to their units and they'd kill someone, they'd kill a buddy, they'd kill their commander. You know, I mean, this, this entire subject plays a huge part into the, uh, into fragging that all yeah. that happened during, uh, Vietnam and some, a, a little bit of it happened in Iraq, although not nearly in the, in the same kind of numbers. Um, But, and, and, and so you, you know, you have this one soldier, you know, and and especially let's say, you know, with that dude with the 18 hits, the 18 IED hits, you know, what number deployment is he on? Two? Five? I mean, and, and it depends too, you know, special forces guys get sent on more deployments, but they're usually shorter, but that doesn't mean that each individual thing didn't compound and stack up like huge fucking horrible pancakes over your head. Um. So, but no, I, I, you know, there, there have always been excuses to send people back to the, to the front, whatever the front happens to be, or back to duty when they're not ready for it. And I don't mm-hmm. know that we'll ever get around that because we're supposed to trust our leaders and our leaders get to choose what's best for us. And you and I, we're trying to, you know, that our, 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 understanding of humanity and caring for our fellow soldiers means more means we want to be there for them to understand them if they get hurt we're there with them that's not how most people think that's not how most soldiers think you know most of us are just barely outside of caring for ourselves you know especially if you're in a unit of assholes you know it, it, and and people don't don't treat each other uh, uh, treat each other well Um, that's neither here nor there, but I'm just, just something popped in my head. So, um, dude, we've been talking for, where's my timer? It's up here somewhere. Oh, two hours and 20 minutes. Um, that's a long
1: time contemplating suicide.
0: (laughs) It is, it is. Um, you feel like talking a little bit more? Should we, should we wrap it up for today and, uh, we can. Either, either come back to it or just move on to. chat I about- think,
1: I think we- we've got some worthwhile thoughts to to figure out. Like, w- how are other cultures doing with this? And yeah, I'm all done. <laughs>
0: I've been up since four. No, yeah, yeah. I get you. I get you. Um, give me one sec here. Um. So I think we're going to wrap it up for t- today, everybody. Um, I want to thank uh, everybody for uh, for being here, for uh, joining in the conversation. I especially want to thank my friend for taking the time to sit down and talk about this. That, that he found it very important too, and that you know I I hope we've contributed to a to a, a good discussion of these kind of things. Um, thanks, Deborah. Um, So I do want to, I have one little thing that I want to mention here before we are done for today. And that is, um, my friend, Danny, you guys know, Danny, um, he has a new article out and I'm going to share it here real quick. It is called uh, manufactured mission, the Iraq and Syria forever war factories. It came out on the first, it is a really good, um, Breakdown of what happened with the recent Trump administration, or excuse me, Biden administration strikes on militias in Iraq. Um, Please uh, definitely give it a read and check it out if you want to know more about what's happened and the history uh, about it in a bigger way. Just and and essentially, it's it's just absurdity. It's just yeah, it's just absolutely absurd and and makes no sense. So um, I hope you guys uh, enjoyed the stream today. Please, you know, like, review, share. Um, Disagree, you,
1: you know, I, I love disagreement and no, help us fine tune. Um, yeah,
0: thank you for that, cat. We, you know, th- that's something that I acknowledge a lot with my life, with the physical pain I have. Is that I I got home, I made it home. I get to sit here with my friend and, and talk about this kind of thing, and I know that that I'm it. it I'm lucky that in the, in that way that I, that I did. And other people aren't, aren't so lucky, but I want to, I want to try to speak for them. I want to try to try to get out there and, and let people know that there, there is a lot more to know here about being in the military, about going into combat than most people ever truly consider. So, um, I thank you guys for being here and, uh, take care. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. We're on Twitter at Fortress on a Hill and also at Facebook.com at Fortress on a Hill. You can find our main blog page and our full collection of episodes at www.fortressonahill.com. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Patreon, Spotify, you name it, almost anywhere you listen, we're already waiting for you. And hey, we're always in the market for more Patreon supporters. Please Consider becoming a patron at patreon.com. And if you're Good not into giving us a monthly payment, think about giving us a couple bucks on PayPal. The link is in the show. To song. Skepticism is one's best part. Never forget you'll you'll pay see it. I will not be.